Cue the song. I don't know what the song is anymore. I listen to it in 2x speed. Hey guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And we are back. We're always back. We're always back. We're always back. One day we're not going to be back, but you won't know because we won't be saying. We won't, won't tell you that we're back. We also won't <laughs> we tell won't you that we're not coming it. back. Exactly. We won't be <laughs> we won't be saying, hey, we're not back. <laughs> so um, it's the second episode of the month. I had yep. to think about that for a second because like, I don't know what day it is. <laughs> I honestly never know what day of the week it is. Or not what day of the week, but like what like the when. date is. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Today is actually the day we're recording. It is four twenty. I just looked at my calendar, so Ay. we know that. Um, which is funny because I actually did a beer pickup today, and all of the beers that like were released this week from this brewery um, were like dank and had like weed references. Yeah. Um, so like one was like, I think one said like Granddaddy, another one said like Diesel, and, like just different strains. Yeah. Um, nice weed. Nice, nice. That's ex- yeah. that's always fun. Yeah. We're actually doing our uh, annual Denver trip, so got to go get Nazareth. Nice. Got to get that Weedian Double IPA from True Brewing, of course. Um, yeah. So as Stephanie mentioned, it is the second episode of the month, which means that it's my binge watch update. Um, what you've been watching? I I haven't. So I don't know if this counts as binging, but I've been watching The Winter Soldier or Falcon and the Winter Soldier every week. It's, I don't know if it's technically binging because I have to wait every week, because uh, I'm, like, watching it as it comes out, but I'm going to count that as this week. I'll say that's a good one. Month. I think that's definitely worth referencing, because that show's real good. Oh, it's so good. It's re-sparked my obsession with Sebastian Stan. Same. Same. Um, I thought I, like, had grown out of that two years ago, or a year you ago. You did it. You know you did it. You know you did it. I just, I buried it within me. <laughs> It comes back every um, comes back every couple of years when he's in a new uh, Marvel yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, basically, anytime you see him in something, it comes back. And you're like, oh fuck, I thought I forgot. Here, how here hot we go again. Were. Here we um, go again. But it's, I mean, it's a great show. It's the second offering from Disney Plus as, um, or in their TV show, yeah, Marvel universe that they're doing. That's part of the greater MCU. Um, it follows the Falcon and Winter Soldier, who, who you see uh, interact together in the Captain America movies. Um, and I think it's really their interaction with each other and the chemistry behind Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan that led to this being a concept. Yeah. Um, because oh, Because Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie were put on the press circuit together. So it was really, I think, just how well they play off of each other that led to this. And it's uh, honestly, like, it's fantastic because they're just... They've got that same chemistry that they have you see such good chemistry in Civil together. War, um, where they're like fighting and like joking a lot um, and insulting each other. And there's a lot of callback references to that as well, um, which is super fun to see. Um, so it's 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 a great show. It's um, really interesting um, like storyline, and they also this so they filmed this in 2019. And I would say, like, a lot of what they cover um, is very, like, accurate for what's happening in the world today. It's very relevant right now, which is interesting because it was all written and 
shot in twenty nineteen. Yeah. yeah, because it's got a it's a got a really interesting and good commentary on immigration as well as um racism. Like racism. Yeah. yeah. Um and it's the whole the whole show is just kind of a commentary on like what it's like being black in America and talking about like what the black experience is and why like people need to like consider that and not just assume that it's the same as everyone else's. Yeah. Um so definitely check it out. It's uh I mean it's on its own just a fantastic show. It's really well shot. Um the scenes, the fight scenes are fantastic. The villain really good. um and the anti-hero are like easily hateable. Um and there you, you find yourself just like being excited at least I have been like every episode. Oh, I'm just so to excited more. to watch it. Yeah. So, um, great show and excited for the next offering that, uh, Disney plus has because they have not missed yet so far on the TV shows. That no, it's been, been straight. It's been straight fire for the TV. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm very excited to see what's coming. Yeah. Yep. Cool. So with that, um, let's get into the beer. Stephanie, what are you drinking? Yeah, so we are not drinking the same beer today, but we tried to get similar styles, I guess. Um, So I'm actually drinking a new release from Azadi Brewing, which is one of the current incubators out of Pilot Project. Um, This beer is called Shimla. So it's a West Coast double IPA um, that uses Columbus, Centennial, and Cascade hops. So nice. I have not tried this yet, but it's supposed to have notes of pine, citrus, and grapefruit. And it's inspired by the dense forests of Shimla in British India. Okay. That's the inspiration behind this. So I am drinking um, Strata Galaxy, which is a hazy West Coast IPA from Cellar Maker Brewing out in San Francisco. Um. They describe this as two of the hardest hitting hops bring fire to this incredibly fruity IPA. Strata, a limey, citrus, and tangy weed-like hop, teams up perfectly with Galaxy, easily the most vibrant of hops, which seems soaked in pineapple, orange, and guava juice. We kept this beer hazy and ju- and softer, the most juicy experience we can give you. I also read that this is um, like a series beer where they're pairing different hops with Galaxy. Oh, I okay. Um... Just to, like, kind of bring out different flavors, um, which has been interesting. Yeah, I've also heard there's just, like, general hop shortages right now. So I think this creates an opportunity for Cellar Maker to kind of get the hops they can and then pair it with their staple. Yep. Um, What I think is interesting before I taste this is that I've been seeing Strata a lot all over the place recently. And I don't know if you have as well. Um, the last episode we did 55 Rocks by um, Pilot or Brewer's Kitchen, and that also mm-hmm. had Strata in it. And I don't think up until this year I had really been seeing any use of Strata. No, I don't think I have either. I think it's one of those smaller hops that breweries are kind of playing with now because yeah. everything is so backordered. Yep, that's probably what it is. Yeah, but um, this beer, the Shimla, um, it's, it's very malty like it doesn't taste as hoppy and bitter as i had expected it to with it being a west coast style ipa specifically referencing the pine and the grapefruit um Mm -hmm. 
it's very much on the malty side. It's got some bitterness to it, and then it's got a little bit of sweetness from the citrus. Um, but it's definitely, with it being the double IPA, I think you lose a little bit of that. Um, it's just not the bitterness that I expected it to be. But it is it is very good. It's just a little bit different than I had anticipated before I cracked it open. So this beer I just checked was canned yesterday. Um, wow. It's honestly one of the best beers I've had this year. Wow. Um, Potentially, like, one of the best, like, hazy beers I've ever had. Um, it's honestly fucking fire. Like, this is a very good beer. That's it's got a awesome. nice, like, it's got a really nice softness that's coming forward, which is interesting because, like, with Galaxy, you usually get a punch in the face, but this is pretty soft. Yeah. Um, I don't get much of, like, the weedian qualities that they're saying you should get, but... It's got a really, like, strong tropical flavor, so, like, definitely get lime and citrus and guava, like they mentioned. Um, it's, like, it's got this, like, tanginess. It's it's very well balanced. Um, but I think the first, like, upfront note is just, like, this, like, subtle, the subtleness. It's very bright as well. I'm really excited to send this one to you. It's really good. No, that sounds awesome. The fact that you're so hype about it makes me really I hyped took to that to first sip and was like, oh my god. Yeah, this I do actually really like this beer I'm drinking right now. It's it was just not what I expected. Because whenever I don't know, something about when I think of a West Coast style IPA. I don't expect it to be like malty, and I like malty beers, so that's just—it's just, it's just so, not what I expected. I feel like we're having a very interesting experience with West Coast IPAs lately, where West Coast IPAs are traditionally like like very um, like hoppy, piney, like resiny, like very like up forward yeah. hop flavor. And like the last few I've had recently have been like more of a soft, like subtle flavor. This is a much um, softer flavor, yeah. That's a yeah, good description. Yeah, and I've, I've noticed that, like, a lot of West Coasts are starting to, or, like, that's kind of, like, a style now, almost, where, like, there's a haziness coming into West Coast, um, and that's, like, softening the flavor, so West Coasts aren't so much of, like, a punch in the face of flavor as they used to be. Um, I I mean, I traditionally, I love traditional West Coasts, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for this moment. Like, I really like... Yeah, I think it's an interesting this. experimental kind of shift... In some of the brewing, but and I wonder if it's because of the availability it. of hops too that they're like trying this out because traditional hops used for West Coast aren't available, so they're trying new ones and like yeah. to do it, they're trying different um, brewing styles, methods, processes. Methods, yeah. yeah, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'll, I'm, try, I'm I'll try anything fire. once. <laughs> I think this beer is super good. I'm a big fan. Do you have three words? Yeah. So I'm going to say malty, citrusy, and then smooth, which are not words I would typically use to describe a West Coast IPA. So I actually got, I just said drink and got, like, I know you probably never had a guava, but I got like a really strong guava flavor. I don't know what a guava tastes like. Um, 
so I'm going to say soft, um, citrusy or tropical and balanced. Nice. Really, like really well balanced. Crushable. Very nice. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like half that's done with always, this beer. That's always a dangerous one. I'm half done with this beer. So today we are going to chat about, uh, we're going to do a music-centered episode today, which we haven't done in a couple weeks, but um, this is one's a little bit different for us too, because we're actually going to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the record label Fueled by Ramen. Um, so I guess, do you want to go into history or talk about our yeah. experiences first? Um, let's just kick off the history I mean, and then we can just kind of chat through experiences and things like that. So, Fueled by Ramen was conceived of by John Janik and Vinny Fiorello, who is the Less Than, Less Than Jake drummer in Gainesville, Florida. Um, John Janik actually thought of it, like, while in high school, but it didn't really come to fruition until he was in college. Um, so the name actually comes from how they were only able to afford eating ramen, since all of their money was invested into making records. Um, and it, like, Fuel by Ramen was actually created out of a dorm room at the University of Florida. Um, Everything ties back to Gainesville, man. Everything. Nothing, right, nothing rhymes with Gainesville. <laughs> um, the first major success that Fuel by Ramen had was Jimmy World's self-titled EP. Um, and then they partnered with the distribution arm of Warner Music, which gave them the resources to distribute largely. I believe there's a quote from John Janik that says, like, we're, we have all the perks of being a small label, but with, like, the resources of a large label. Um, so, so, so Fueled by Ramen's basically been with Warner Music since the beginning. Like, since the beginning, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I think they, they, I mean, they did, like, some small releases, like Jimmy Eat World and, like, things in the 90s so it, it it's 25 years of the label i believe it was conceived of in like what is that 96 1996 yeah um so it in the 90s i would assume that they did like really small releases and they did themselves yeah um and then they were able to like partner with the larger distributor to get their um resources yeah um in 2006, Vinny from Less Than Jake left the label due to disagreements in the direction of future signees, and he had lost passion in the music that the label was investing in. So if you think about it, 2006 was around the time that, like, Paramore was being signed. Um, well, that Paramore was earlier than 06. Yeah, it was, like, the hush sound. Like, like just think, like, early 2000s is, like, the peak of emo, the peak of, like, um pop punk pop rock pop punk um so like around that time Vinny left because fuel by ramen was heavily investing in those bands that we've like known that we know fuel by ramen for yeah um in 2007 uh fuel by ramen moved to manhattan and released riot by paramore um which is their second album and then in 2012 they signed 21 pilots 2018 warmer warner music group announced that Fuel by Ramen would be included in a new label called Electro Music Group. Um, and then I have also that, it, I don't know what year it was, but Pete Wentz and Janik, or uh, James, John Janik, partnered to create Decay Dance, which uh, Gym Class Heroes, Pink the Disco, The Hush Sound, etc. 
were signed to. Um, I know it was always referred to as an imprint of Feel by Ramen. I don't know what that means, and I still, like, to this day don't know what that means. Um, but it was, like, a, a lot of the bands that were part of Decay Dance were, like, considered part of, like, the Fuel by Ramen group. Um, and then I think the other notable thing I have for Fueled by Ramen is that they have 10 albums that they released, which have been certified platinum. Um, Blurry Face is the top selling album they've released, and that's by Really? Blurry Face is the top selling? That one surprises me. Blurry Face has gone platinum four times. Jesus Christ. Um, and that's followed by Some Nights by Fun. Um, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic at the Disco, which are all three times platinum. Riot um, by Paramore. Um, Deaths of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. Vessel by 21 Pilots are all two times platinum. And then Brand New Eyes and Paramore self-titled. Pretty Odd, Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die by Panic at the Disco are both single platinum. And Trench by 21 Pilots is also single platinum. So really, like the the bands that you would expect to have gone platinum are the ones that did. Yeah, I mean that doesn't surprise me whatsoever that those are the ones that did. <clears throat> and I also think it's interesting to note that like Fall Out Boy was part of Fuel by Ramen, but I believe their music was released by like Warner, so they're not included in the list of albums that have gone platinum because I believe that they were like signed to a larger label by the time that they did. Even though they were still part of and signed to Fuel by Ramen, they weren't the ones that actually released. Yeah, so that's where things start to get, like, the line between Warner and Fueled by Ramen gets very blurry over the years. Um, just because, obviously, like, Warner's kind of had a hand since the late 90s, where, you know, they've always been a part of distribution, so some of these bands kind of, like almost graduated and like moved into Warner over the years. So that's where like the, the fueled by ramen, like we always reference the same bands as being fueled by ramen bands, but that's because like at some point in time they were on fueled by ramen. And then over time they've just gotten larger and larger and larger. I'm surprised the new panic at the disco album's not on this list. Cause death of a bachelor was referenced as one of the platinum ones, but his new ones all over the was so all over I'm the actually, radio. I just checked and fall Out boy is signed to, to Island and fueled by ramen. I don't really understand. This is probably like a more like music person question is that a lot of bands will be signed to multiple labels. Like Paramore is currently signed to fuel by ramen and Atlantic. And I don't know what that means. Um, I know that sometimes, like, you'll get signed to a, a larger label, but then put under a smaller one to make you seem, like, more, um, like, up-and-coming mm-hmm. and, like, indie. So, like, that's, I know what, with Paramore, they were signed to Atlantic, but they were put under Fuel by Ramen um, to give them Is more Atlantic of, like, a, part of Warner? I don't know. Let me confirm that. I, I checked on their... the internet. They're definitely signed to Atlantic, yeah, so Atlantic is a subsidiary of Warner. Okay, so Atlantic is probably also under the Electra Music Group. But man, Warner Music owns everything, so that would not surprise me. They really do, and that's the wild thing is that like there is obviously like this intentional movement of like artists to certain labels to make them seem like more legitimate of like in the music that they're releasing, and it makes me feel like everything's just an industry plant. Yeah. So it was actually really interesting because we were, I was talking specifically about 
this like Warner music thing over dinner the other day. And um, we were talking about how the only real way for a label to be successful nowadays, because like the labels aren't that successful anymore. You have to gobble up everything. Like that's the only way to make like a lot, a lot of money is either you have to have artists that are getting streams on streams on streams or you eat up all the other smaller labels. Yeah, that makes sense. And as an artist, like I've seen a lot of more artists self-releasing and creating their own labels. Yeah. Um, which is, it's, I think it's just like indicative of like how like monopolized the industry is. It really is. Because everything's pretty much owned by Warner or Universal. So I did want to talk a little bit about some of... Um, Fuel by Ramen's current active artists, and then some artists that, like, while we were looking stuff, we were like, they resigned. Um, so I think the big one for me that was surprising, well, yeah, too, or that Panic the Disco and Paramore are both still signed as artists to Fuel by Ramen, which I thought was surprising. I also think it's really surprising that Lights is still signed to Fuel by Ramen. I didn't know she still made music, and I went and looked her up, and did you know she legally changed her first name to Lights? Yeah, that is her legal 16 or 17, like 18. But still, like, I I thought that was just a stage name. I didn't know that was her legal name. Yeah, I didn't know that. I actually really like Lights. Um, her music, I was into it when I was, like, a teenager, kind um, of. I wasn't into it when I was a teenager. Her most recent album, um, Skin and Earth, that she did, like, a comic for, like, a companion comic, I really enjoyed because uh, of the way the music tied into like visual media. Oh, that's really interesting. I always like yeah. when artists do that kind of thing. Yeah, so she did like a graphic novel and it was tied in um, to the graphic novel and I just thought it was like really interesting and I really liked like having like kind of a mixed media representation of this yeah. album so, like you could listen to while reading. Um, she's doing more like electronic mu- music right now. Mm-hmm. So that album was more like indie pop, I would say. Um, and then this is, she's doing more, like, elect, pure, like, electronic, like, there's some EDM stuff going on, like, she's collaborating with a lot of DJs, so, yeah. just really surprising for me. Um, All Time also, Low also being signed to Fuel by Ramen. I don't remember them being that, signed to Fuel by Ramen back see, in the day. that's what I feel like I remember them being on. I was going to talk about Grandson, mostly because of that time at Riot Fest. That you we are just Grandson. We just kept yelling, you are Grandson. We well, are he Grandson. Was yelling that. I know, but that's like all I could think of when I see his name now. So I don't know. Okay, so I'm actually reading All Time Low's Wikipedia page. And it says that they performed to John Janik, and they were not signed because Cute Is What We Aim For had recently been taken on by the label, and they weren't in a position to sign another band at the time. Um, so they signed to Feel by Ramen in, like, 2017 or 2018. Oh, interesting. They, I thought they, they were always part of Fueled by Ramen. No, and that's what surprises me, because I, I remember them being part of Hopeless Records. Um... They were their first album that came out on Feel by Ramen was Last Young Renegade, which came out in 2017. And that oh. was the first after they changed labels from Hopeless. Oh, interesting. So it's a relatively recent thing, and I'm actually really surprised that they're still on Feel by Ramen since it is a smaller label. Well, I mean, it's part of Warner, so it's just like a, it's a segment. I, it seems to me like the bands that are on the Fueled by Ramen section 
as like the current artists are all like it's very clear that they're Warner music artists, but they wanted to kind of group them together. So that's why they're part of Fueled by Ramen. Well, they so, all have very similar music. It's all like, yeah, pop punk. Pretty much, like, yeah. People like grasping for the pop punk that still like exists uh, because it's having another moment again. Yeah. Um, and then I also think Twenty One Pilots still being signed to Fueled by Ramen is extremely odd. Like, you would think that they would have graduated to a giant brand by now. I actually like, have no idea they were on Fueled by Ramen until I was, like, looking this up. Because I, in college, loved 21 Pilots. Like, back when Vessel was the album. Like, that played so, on my college radio. Like, I loved does, 21 Pilots. It says that the band announced their signing to Atlantic Records subsidiary Fueled by Ramen in 2012. And then they put um, out so, Vessel in 2013. Yeah, so it does say that they're part of Atlantic, and I wonder if it's just because they're signed to, like, a subsidiary of of that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't either. <laughs> but, yeah, 21 Pilots still being, t- but they're, they're t- them still, still having the tie. I mean, yeah, them still being relevant odd. Oh, man, their music was so good, and then it got yeah. so weird. So I let's let's take this moment out to go into some alumni from Fuel by Ramen. These bands have either this is this is the best part right here. Broken up or maybe most of these bands have broken up. Or no, um. So I looked labels. it up. Alumni are like on the different labels. Inactive are no longer together. Okay, so three or three still a band. Yes, they're all over TikTok. Yes, they're still a band. Yeah, but they're not making music. Are yes, they? they are. They're releasing music. Oh. Cute is what we aim for is not a band anymore. They might be. Well, you don't Let's know see. that. That's what I thought. That that's why oh, it was no, set they're... up. They came back. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I, the way this I is set up is I alumni are together, I know, inactive, I or no longer. I just didn't active. realize that they were still a band. So I guess alumni they could be like still touring, but they haven't released music. Yeah. So. Notable, uh, uh, no, notable bands can't speak are three hundred three, um, basement. Well, basement's a newer band. That's not as notable to like the OG Field by Ramen days. Cute is what we aim for. Dashboard Confessional, Fall Out Boy, um, The Hush Sound, Jimmy Eat World, Less Than Jake, um, Phantom Planet, which brings us back to Nick Cage. Back to Nick Cage. We're always going back to Nick Cage. Always within some degree of Nick Cage. Um, swimmers. Sublime with Rome was taught. What? What? Sublime with Rome is different than Sublime. I understand that, but what? <laughs> um, and Young the Giant, which also what? I didn't really um, Young, the Young the Giant only released Mind Over Matter on Fueled by Ramen. Because I Got looked it. that up because I was like, no way was Young the Giant on Fueled by Ramen. They released one album with Fueled by Ramen. Yeah. And it's not even the best one. And then um, some notable inactive artists are The Academy Is, um, Cobra Starship, huge. The best. Uh, Fun, Gym Class Heroes. Um, Going through this. My brain's not working. Rocket Rocket to to the the Moon. moon. Um, Yellow Card. Yellow Card. I didn't realize Yellow Card was signed to them. Yeah. 
I also forgot Yellow Card broke up. I was like, wait, aren't they still together? No, they're not. No. We'd be seeing them if they were. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so I think going from here, um, I think it's interesting that, and the point that we should talk about is, like, the artists, or I guess the culture, culture wave of mm-hmm. Fuel by Ramen. Because there was a point where, like, I remember if Fuel by Ramen had a band, I was listening to them. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would find bands by going on their website, seeing who they were signed, who had they, they had signed, and, like, listening to the music from those artists. Cause it was, that like, was back in MySpace entire... days, too. Oh, yeah, no, it was absolutely That's, like, like how MySpace, I like, did it. Like, MySpace, yeah. speak emo, like, scene kid days. Like, I found new music by, like, finding the new artists that Fueled by Robin had. Like, that's how I found the Hush sound. Like, nobody ever really knew about the Hush sound. Yeah. Um, they also, but, do you remember how, like, all of the bands would tour together and you would go oh, yeah. to one show and there would be, like, seven bands playing and you're like, it's a Tuesday night. Why are there seven bands playing at once? All Fueled by Ramen. I saw Gym Class Heroes, Cobra Starship, and Fall Out Boy, and I want to say, like, Plain White Tees and one I think show I together. saw, no, um, I saw a different one, but it was a similar, it was a similar thing. Um, I also, that was, like, the age of seeing Fall Out Boy more times than you should admit, because I've seen Fall Out Boy, like, seven times. I've seen Fall Out Boy a lot of times. A lot of times, yeah. I, I, like, there was, like, Honda Civic tour where they were all, like, Fuel by Ramen bands. I saw The Academy is, but now I think about actually no one from that tour. Um, but, like, We the Kings, like, all these artists that were, like, there were one or two, like, fringe artists that would be yeah. on, like, tours sometimes, but it was always, like, mainly Fuel by Ramen fans. The one thing that surprises me is I thought Plain White Tees was on Fueled by Ramen, but they were I not. I thought We the Kings was on Fueled by Ramen. But that's the thing that's so weird is, like, when you think back... Like you just all these so like, many of the bands they're all just kind of associated ramen. together, you assume, so you just yeah. think everyone was a part of it. No, I agree. Like so many of the bands that we that were part of that like era of time were fueled by ramen that you expected all of the ones that you listened to to be fueled by ramen. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to remember. Like, pretty much, when... like half of Warp Tour was fueled by ramen at some point. <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it? So, I'm trying to remember. So, I saw I saw Fall Out Boy on tour for Infinity on High. And it was Fall Out Boy, Gym Class Heroes, and Cute is What We Aim For. I also saw like, that. I'm like, that is peak <laughs> fueled by ramen right there. I'm going to look up real quick. Um what my Facebook because I have like photos from when I was in high school. Oh wow! Of these, um, of these tours. I was in middle Let school for that one. So yep. So I went on Believers Never. I went to see Believers Never Die tour. I went to that one. That was Cobra <laughs> Starship, All Time Low, Fall Out that Boy, was Hey Monday, and Hey Monday. That's who it was. All Time Low, yeah. Cobra Starship and Fall Out Boy. <laughs> I forgot about that. I went to that one. Oh man. I saw a really great TikTok today that was like, here's all of our favorite emo guys and what they look like now. And it was the uh, the voiceover of, what's that? What's the girl saying? You sent me one of the eyeliner and what she's saying. Oh, the song's called Geronimo by Shepard. Yeah, and she's That's saying what Geronimo. It is. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it was that. Um, but instead of saying Geronimo, like when they said Geronimo weird, They're just like it messing it up. Yeah. A picture of like what the guys look like now. Um. 
Yeah, they have not aged well. Like, this music also doesn't really age No, this well. music did not age well. Some of it does, though. The Academy is still really good. The Academy is still really good. That's um, still his. So Fall while Boy. I'm thinking about it, though, uh, what was your, like, if you look at all of these bands, inactive, active, the Academy is your favorite? So at the time, it was, the Academy is was my favorite. Uh, that's I used to a, wear that's a good point. Like, let me think knee. about it that way. What was my favorite during peak Fueled by Ramen years? I wore a bandana on my knee like William Beckett did. Of course, of course you did. My freshman year of high school, I did that, and everyone thought I was a fucking freak. I mean, I would still look at you like you're a crazy person (laughs) if you did that, so. Um, And I didn't get, like, how weird it was, because I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm like, well, I made my Facebook relate, like, I made my, like, I made my Facebook relationship to in a relationship with William Beckett. Shut up. You did not. I'm not joking. You are a crazy person. I love it. (laughs) I'm not joking. I came to Chicago when I, uh, for like a softball tournament when I was a freshman, like the summer. And I like was convinced I was going to see William Beckett in Chicago. Man, he is not from Chicago. He is from the suburbs. I know, but I was convinced I was going to see him just walking around the city. Did I? No. No. But I was convinced. <laughs> um, I That's would say awesome. Oh, dude, it was fucking bad. And, like, I was, it's like, have you seen those those videos that are, like, um, me, not me going to a show, like, to a One Direction show thinking I was going to sleep with Harry Styles and the show's the girl and she just, like, looks Yeah. She's, like, 15. Uh, that was me. That was me. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you can admit it now. Oh, absolutely. Looking back, it's fucking hilarious. I, I, I mean, honestly, Lindsay, 16-year-old, 15-year-old, 14-year-old Lindsay had a fucking God complex. 29-year-old Lindsay still has one. You still Lindsay, have a God Lindsay, complex. This 29-year-old Lindsay walks around thinking that she can get Sebastian Stan. So, oh my God, that TikTok I, I sent you about that was so funny. I laughed so hard. I was like, this is Lindsay. Like, this is peak Lindsay. <laughs> I'm not you not texting consistent. me the other day saying, man, when my makeup looks this good, I can pull Chris Evans. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure you can. I'm nothing if not consistent. <laughs> and the best part is that photo wasn't even that good. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm nothing if not consistent. I thought I could get someone out of my league when I was 15 and also 10 years older than me. I still think I can get someone out of my league and 10 years older than me at 29. <laughs> nothing if not consistent. <laughs> Teenage Lindsay would be proud. <laughs> I'll drink okay. to that. <laughs> Fucking crying over <laughs> Um, But yeah, I mean, I think my favorite band at the time was The Academy Is. I loved them a lot. Um... And then I would say, like, tied for second were, like, Cobra Starship, Gym Class Heroes, and Fall Out Boy. Like, very close second. I was going to say, at that time, my favorite was probably Panic at the Disco. And then Cobra Starship uh, was next. I mean, I think that those five bands, like Panic, Cobra Starship, Gym Class Heroes, Fall Out Boy. I don't know how many I said. Um, were all, like, uh, You said Academy second. is Gym Class Heroes, Fall Out Boy, Panic at the Disco... 
Did I miss Cobra? Did I, I thought I said them twice. <laughs> um, I don't know. Whatever bands we've just named, they were all like very much lumped together in some of my favorites. And like the Academy is was always number one, but number two, like constantly switched between one of those ones based on who had like the most recent record. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like those Whoever bands in particular, in if you lump that together, that was my entire like late middle school, early high school experience. Oh no, absolutely. A hundred percent. I would agree with that. But, like, now, looking back at this whole list, I don't know, Cobra Starship might be my favorite. (laughs) I think the only band I listen to more regularly, and by regularly I mean, like, once or twice a year, or, like, will pop up on, like, random things, is Fall Out Boy, but it's also only, like, Take This to Your Grave era Fall Out Boy that I listen to. Um... I would listen not to me more listening Cobra to Cobra Starship. Starship while I was working this morning. Well, no, I mean I would listen to more, more Cobra Starship, but I always forget. <laughs> I and I would say that like if I remembered, I would listen to more Cobra Starship more than Fall Out Boy, but like I just forget. Um, I have been listening to a lot of Phantom Planet lately. I also so I would argue. I think I listen to more Phantom Planet than um, Fall Out Boy. At this point, but I also in time, always yeah. forget that there were a few by Robin Man. I, I feel like okay, so I feel like those they were separate from like the group. Yeah, I didn't Ramen. realize they, they were, were part of Fueled like, by Ramen. I feel like at they any were point very in time, music. Yeah, Phantom Planet does not fit the label. That's why they are alumni. Well, um, that's the thing that's also because of Jason Schwartz. Is it Jason yeah. Schwartzman? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it. Well, I get confused because I know also know he's in Coconut Records. So like, that's him. Yeah, he I is know. Coconut Records, yeah. I know, I know. I just get confused if I, I forget that he's in both and, like, why there's two. Um, yeah, I think that, like, Phantom Planet is the obvious movement to Coconut Records, and it didn't fit because it was very different. And so, like, I always forget that Coconut Rec- or Phantom Planet was part of Fuel by Robin. Yeah. And then, um... So, oh, actually, you oh, know what? I listen to Lights the most out of all of them. Really? Oh, yeah, I listen to a lot of Lights. Well, not a lot of Lights, but I listen to it more than Fall Out Boy. Well, so, really interesting thing. Um, Vinyl Theater is a band that's no longer active that was on Fueled by Ramen. Um, when I first met my boyfriend, he was like, yeah, right before I met you, I got asked to be the sound guy for Vinyl Theater on their tour with 21 pilots and now it makes sense that they're on the same they were on the same label i was like i also feel like it was maybe like cheaper for them to be on the same tours probably i'm sure the label saved money by doing it that way i don't know also i would say fall or panic the disco i don't think is currently signed is technically currently signed to fuel by ramen i think they're currently signed to warner to dcd2 which is Decay Dance. But isn't that a whole... That's just a subsidiary under... of Fueled by Robin. Yeah. yeah. But I think they're actively signed to Decay Dance. This is where it gets, like, super hairy and confusing. Yeah. Also, Panic the Disco is just Brendan Erie. I don't know why he, like... I, I don't know Brendan why Eerie. he kept the name. Why did he keep the name? The music's not the same. Knew. It's not. Um... Oh, man, do you remember, like, and I don't know if you did this or if this was just me, because like, when we were talking about the MySpace thing, it reminded me, 
you'd walk into Hot Topic and it was all fueled by ramen merchandise everywhere. Did you know Hot Topic is called Hot Topic because it was always meant to be about what's popular in pop culture? Yeah. And now it's just rock. No, but I mean, like, in general. Because, like, if you go to Hot Topic now, they have, like, Star Wars and Doctor (sighs) Who and Supernatural and Funko Pops. No, it makes sense. Because it used to be, like, it used to have a bunch of, like, I want to say, like, anime stuff. Yeah, there was a huge anime thing when we were teenagers. It always had Twilight stuff and Harry Potter stuff. I always just assumed it was a scene thing, but it makes sense that it was, like... Pop culture? More of, like, a pop culture. I had no idea that's why it was called that until the other day when I saw a TikTok that was like, yeah, it's called Hot Topic because it's about what's hot, a hot topic in pop culture. Why is it so dark in that store? It's not anymore. Oh, okay. Looks different than what you and I grew up with. In the like middle school and high school, my mom refused to go in there. So Same. Like, if she was at JC Penny, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to Hot Topic, and she'd be like, okay. Yeah, no, I'm my mom was not you. a fan. She'd be like, I'm not going to come find you because that's, that store scares me. <laughs> I feel like people. I used to get scared of like going in there and hearing like metal music, and I used to think it was scary. And like, I don't know if I was just a child and, like, now as an adult, it's like, okay, well, like, grow up. It's fine. Like, it's not scary yeah. hearing metal. So one time I, I was at a Hot Topic scary. and, um, so I don't know if you know the band Dance, Dance Gavin Dance is from Detroit. I love, I love Dance Gavin. I loved. Before I they say, were famous. I love. I loved. When I was in, like, school, before they were, like, super famous, some guy walked up to me in a Hot Topic and he's like, hey, my band is doing a free show in Detroit tonight. You should come. And I was like... Sir, I am 14 years old. <laughs> I cannot come. It was it was Dance Gavin Dance. And he was yeah, just like walking to, around trying to get people to go to his show from inside Hot Topic. I used to love Dance Gavin Dance. Um, I think the whole Hot Topic thing is really interesting. It's a good comment because like I um, – they used to do a lot of collaborative stuff with artists because like mm-hmm. Hot Topic would have like some exclusive merch. Like right now they actually have some exclusive pair of They always like, have Harry exclusive Williams band merch. merch. But Billy I, Williams has has a shirt there that says like "Little Hot Topic Bitch." That's kind of awesome. <laughs> but it's it's a photo of her wearing a jacket that says "Little Hot Topic Bitch" at the back, and then oh. like that's the merch. And I don't like it. I wanted the that's jacket weird. that said "Little Hot yeah. Topic Bitch," um, but it's, that's not what's for sale. No, it's but just, I it's think like a print of her. I remember when I was a teenager, Fueled by Ramen had exclusive merchandise with Hot Topics. So yeah, you could they get absolutely banned did. merch for some of these bands yep. that you could only get there. Like, yep, that's how absolutely. big this label was when we were teenagers. Well, also, there were, like, events, like, when you bought a CD from Hot Topic, sometimes they would have signings. So, like, I bought um, All Time Lows, Nothing Personal from Hot Topic, because if you were, like, one of the first, like, 250 or whatever to buy it from them, they were doing a signing, um, like, in a week or so, and you had to, like, bring this so, receipt or something like that. not a Fueled by Ramen band, but uh, I did one of those. <laughs> uh, the band Chiodos is from Michigan, and I definitely waited also in line for, for, like, two hours to get Craig Owens to sign my CD, because I used to think he was hot. Joke's that on me, sucks. he has stolen b- girlfriends from two people I know. He also sucks. He's an awful person. He's a terrible person. Um, And this kind of, like, comes back into 
that emo episode that we did. Oh, yeah. We talked about this before, how, like, the culture around it was so toxic. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think that the whole, like, culture around Feel by Ramen was really interesting just because, like, that was in its own, like, a subset of emo culture. It was obsessed with Fueled by Ramen. Yeah. Because I, even nowadays, like... I can't think of a label that has as much influence on, like, a genre a of music yeah. or, like, an entire group of people the way that Fueled by Ramen has. Because oh, even, great. like, you and I love sub pop. We love polyvinyl. It's not the same. Right. We don't go looking for artists that are signed to sub pop or polyvinyl. Like, there's so many of them. Yeah. But, like, it was a time where, like, you found new music and new bands to, like, by finding out who they had signed and who they were like working with because it was like the cool thing to like be listening to whatever was on yeah. Fuel by Ramen and like that was Fuel by Ramen on its own was a brand and it was like this just huge influence in like the way we grew up yeah that's actually a really good way to put it it was like a brand it was not just a like music thing Fuel by Ramen oh, yeah. was a brand yeah also, I mean, like, you could buy Fueled by Ramen merch. Yeah, I mean, you still can. Fueled by yeah. Ramen. But, like, people wore Fueled by Ra- Ma- yeah. Ramen merch, and it was 100% a brand. It was, like, like it's an influencer company. That's kind of what it felt like. Like, yeah. they were very much tuned in to, like, the MySpace, Scenester, influencer-type people, and they all had Fueled by Ramen shit. They knew their target market. They knew the impact that they had on the target market. And they knew the way that they were influencing the music scene within that target market. Yeah. Wow. I have they never thought about that like, before. They 100% capitalized on that oh, yeah. on their tours. Like, they can make the most amount of money if they put all of their bands on one tour together. And they could charge, like, $60 a ticket when you're, like, a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, and your parents are paying for it. Yeah. And then they could charge you $60 for a, a sweatshirt or whatever and so like they were fucking raking in cash i'm sure at these shows because they were making the most money by putting their brands yeah these bands that were basically a brand at that point on a tour together that like you would go spend like hundreds of dollars on shit from man i'm still just think i'm I'm still just caught up by like the influencer thing because i've never thought about that before until like just this moment where it's like like, an early style influencer absolutely like before yeah. there was a term for it but that's just i've never thought about it maybe because oh, i was they were, so they young had, but... they were targeting us very young like they oh, knew totally. it's like a targeted ad but like for music and they were yeah. they knew what they were doing like and they, they they knew how to capitalize on it and it's kind of it's obviously died down died down oh, in like 2010 yeah. or a little bit before 2010 but it was like a huge like couple year movement of just that Everyone, every band you listen to was Fueled by Ramen, or, like, you only really listen to Fueled by Ramen. Yeah. Or if you're me, and... you think everyone at that time was just signed to Fueled by Ramen. Right. Right. So, one thing that just, I don't know, I can't wrap my head around it, because I didn't know this. Why fun Fueled by Ramen? Like... Oh, I don't know. That doesn't... Well, I wonder if Nate Ruess... He's Did still on. He's still signed to Fueled by well, Ramen as a solo artist. I wonder if he was signed to Fueled by Ramen. Like Atlantic as a or... As uh, artist. As a solo artist. And so, like... That's why fun like is Like, Paramore is technically... Atlantic Paramore and Fueled by Ramen. 
well, Haley Williams, when the Paramore first became a band, was the only person signed to a label. I knew Everyone that. Everyone else was, like, part of her band. But, yeah, like, I knew that. She was the only one signed. So I wonder if, like, Nate Ruess was the one signed and then incorporated as, like, fun. Yeah. And then, like, as he's gone to do solo stuff, he's, like, gone on his own. Yeah, but the the Fueled by Ramen connection makes sense as to why Phantom Planet is opening for uh, the format on part of their tour next year. I I wonder if it's still like a Fuel by Robin connection or if just like they're friends and the music. I mean, they're they're probably friends like because they factor. were they were would have been signed around the same time. And like Phantom Planet and Fun were the two bands that of don't that really time make period sense that to the label. Really make sense. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, Fun is oh that was my college experience right there. Was that band? Now, if you were to pick a band to sum up my college, Fun. I disagree. Twenty One Pilots. No, Fun was way bigger than 21 Pilots. Pilots. I was into Fun before I was into 21 Pilots, so... Yeah, but you were obsessed with 21 Pilots. You didn't know me in college. No, but you talked about it. Yeah, I was. I was really into 21 Pilots. You talked about it. Listen, Um, I was... I I know. They played on college radio, and I thought it was cool, (laughs) and then all of a sudden, one day, they were playing the United Center, and I was like, where did this come from? So, um, kind of the... I think the good last topic here is uh, the inspiration for why we chose to do this episode. Um, so for the 25th anniversary of Fueled by Ramen, they've been repressing a one of their top albums. And the idea is they're going to do one every month for the entire year of 2021. And the cool thing is that they're all going to be in silver, and, um, like, traditionally speaking, the 25th, like, wedding anniversary is represented by silver, which is why they're doing silver vinyls. Which is super cool, because, like, I never made the connection that every single one that's come out thus far has been silver. Like, I didn't even think yeah. about that. So yep, that's so really cool that silver. they did that. Yeah. Um, and you have the list in front of you, right? Yeah. So far? Yes. So, um, January was... Uh, Almost Here by The Academy Is. February was Some Nights by Fun. And then March was Death of a Bachelor by Panic at the Disco. And they, yep. they announce them at the end of the month, so it's kind of weird. So we already they go know... on sale like the 30th or something yeah. like that. So we know April is uh, Take the Steer Grave by Fall Out Boy. And yep. then Riot by Paramore will be May. Yeah, and the only reason we know that is because some you sites can pre-order have actually it. listed it yeah. for pre-order, yeah. Um, but there's a limited amount, um, and I mean, it's really interesting. I, I'm kind of curious about how they've picked these albums. I am too. Um, I was going to say, what do we think's coming the rest of the year? I don't know. I don't know. I would imagine that there's going to be a 21 Pilots come out. Um, if they do Vessel, I would probably buy it. I feel like, so they've done Some Nights by Fun, Right, which are both platinum. Yeah. Um, Death of a Bachelor is double Grave platinum. Is not platinum. I don't know, because, like, I feel like the albums they've picked is interesting, because I would not pick Death of a Bachelor for the Panic No, I too. would have picked Fever, Fever You Can't, you can't sweat, sweat Out. Agreed. Or Pretty Odd, because those are our favorites. I mean, those are the best, but yeah. I also think that there is 
potentially like the reason they had to do death of a bachelor is because like ryan ross and like john walker and spencer as part of paying the disco like maybe have to approve it maybe yeah and like they're not part of paying the disco anymore so that's that could be the reason i mean um, they're probably gonna do blurry face like i i would I, rather they do vessel but it's probably for blurry face but they also didn't pick Fall Out Boy's biggest record, so they picked Take This to Your Grave, which oh, that's is, like, fair. the cult favorite, I would say, yeah. of Fall Out Boy's, but, like, From Under the Cork Tree is arguably their biggest album ever. Uh, I don't know if yeah, that's true, but that's I the one that, like, I would pick. That's the one I would because, think. That's the one I would think, is, like, yeah. because that's the one that, like, catapulted them. Um, so, I don't know. It's interesting, and I'm interested to see what the list looks like by December. Yeah, I am, too. I so I literally don't even active so many alumni and so many maybe um, they'll do like a day to remember because they've been signed for a while maybe they'll do they'll probably do an all time low they'll probably do an all time low that's a good point probably do a front bottoms yeah unless maybe um, they're gonna do all like big throwback ones who knows like, there's i have no idea how they're picking these well albums. that's a good point because them picking the academy is is kind of out of left field like i wouldn't have expected the academy is to be included in that so maybe it is like bands that were very like huge at the time that like maybe we'll to... get a gym class heroes that would be cool maybe we'll get a cobra starship that's the hope that's the hope give that's me cobra starship yeah that's what I want. We'll see though. It's it's. I'm I'm interested. There's so many that they could pick. I know. So I don't. I don't know. I oh, don't that's know even hard to speculate on because there's only twelve. There's so and there's many. already been five announced. Right. And a couple there's of those five more. announced are not the ones I would have picked. There are bands I would have picked. Like I would have. Yeah, but they're not albums I would have picked. No, no. I don't know that we can speculate albums. I don't even know that we can really speculate bands because At this kind point of is out of left field. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting. And maybe, maybe we'll, we'll get as cute update. as what we aim for. Oh that would be fun. That would be a good one. That would be a Fueled good by one. Fueled by Robin, if you're listening. That's a good one. <laughs> They're not listening. <laughs> it's just like how we thought Netflix was going to listen to our Stranger Things episode. <laughs> Justin thought that, That's not fair. us. Well, same concept. All right. Um, any final bits to talk about, or are you good? I, don't I think know. that covers it for me, at least. Yeah, it covers it for me. I mean, it's it's just so weird to, like, revisit this, because it feels like another lifetime. It really does. I mean, it's it's been 10-plus years since it's really been a thing. Yeah. Like, I would argue that... To the extent that it was when we were, like, teenagers. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that 2008, 2009 was probably, like, the last big year for them, but also, like, I think maybe we also aged out of that scene, and it was still big for a little bit. But for us, it was at least, like... 10 12 years ago yeah um so like half our lives not really half our lives i mean it feels like half our lives yeah um and it does feel like a different person obviously i have not changed in that time though because i still have a very strong god complex but (laughs) (laughs) love it love to see it All right. Um, cool. So with that, I think that covers it for this episode. Yes. So if you enjoyed this episode, which we both hope that you did, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and give us a five-star rating and maybe write us a review if you're feeling extra saucy. Uh, no one writes us reviews. And as we say every episode, if you write us a review, we will read it on the episode. 
or if Apparently you... Apparently no one's feeling extra saucy. No one's feeling extra saucy, which <laughs> I don't blame them. I also don't write reviews for podcasts. Um, but but you should be different. I should be different. Not you, I, the royal. <laughs> the people listening, you should be different. <laughs> she meant me. I was like, Jesus. Okay. Um, if you're not totally cool writing a review on a like a streaming service uh shoot us a dm you'll get all of our social media and all of our contact info after the song so hit us up we'll read it anyways and with that we will see you next time all right that was the episode so we love hearing from you um and if if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped. Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.